Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd give a rat's ass about Twitter. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Tuesday Takes on Takes edition of the podcast, one of my favorite episodes of the week. And I'm I'm so thankful to be with Kyle Krabs, the draft insider, the guy that scooped us all on Arizona State wide receiver and wide receiver and Keel Harry declaring for the draft. And uh, that leads me to my first question here, Kyle. Who's declaring today that we need to know about? Yeah, it's warm in here. You just turned the heat up on me out of nowhere. I was not expecting this at all. Um, there will be someone who declares today. How's that? All right. I don't have an answer for you. My my source has given me no additional insight and information on who may be declaring today, but that's okay. Three. We had three, right? Harry, uh, Rashawn Gary, and Chauncey, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Johnson, yeah. That time of year, man. We're going to get – we'll probably get some every day between now and early January, probably. Yeah. And I'd expect – So we got 120 get, coming, right? <laughs> you'll probably have a third of them to half of them sit out their bowl games. So. Yeah. So all those discussions are coming. I can't wait. Can't wait for the the – uh, crushing and crippling debate surrounding the merits of skipping bowl games and how it makes players undraftable. And so I can't wait. Just can't wait. Yeah. Yep. Well, we get to embrace that coming up soon. Today we get to embrace takes on takes, which is where you send in your takes and we react to them on the podcast. Another fantastic job by the listeners this week. We have 11, Kyle, 11 that were sent in. I didn't. We didn't have the solicit form on Twitter. They were just sent in with that hashtag, takes on takes. So if, as you're listening to this podcast or as things transpire throughout the week, go ahead and, and hit us on Twitter, at Grinding the Tape is Kyle, at the Joe Marino is myself, with that takes on takes hashtag to make sure that we get your take responded to in today's show. And I'm ready to rumble. You ready to go? I am ready to go. We got some brand takes this week so that should be fun to get into uh some of the specifics provided that we feed each other the questions that match each other's brand so no pressure yeah you i know what you're getting we're, we're good <laughs> oh you do know yeah yeah okay. we're good great that sounds great all right uh i'm gonna kick you first take and it's from lucas minton sports at 49ers writer joe aaron donald will break michael strahan's sack record this year hashtag takes on takes uh, so is it Aaron? Is it uh, Michael Strahan's sack record? Are we were asterisks, right? We, yes, we can never forget. It, we can never forget is, what happened there. So it's Michael Strahan's sack record. So Aaron Donald's at fourteen and a half so far this season. What has he got? Six more to play. Yes, and, and he needs. I'm not a math guy. Fourteen and a half. He needs eight. He needs eight nine and a, eight and a half to take single possession right 
Strahan's got 22 and a half. He's got 14 and a half. He needs eight and a half to break the record. Okay, and he has six games to do it, right? I believe so. Wait, are the Rams? No, it might need more than that. Played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven games. They put. He's only got five games to get and nine. He's got five games. Five games to get eight and a half sacks. In his last five games, he has two plus two, four and a half, five, six. He has ten in his last five games. That does include a zero performance and a four performance, Kyle. I'm going to say no. I, I think that's a lot to ask. I think if anybody can do it, Aaron Donald can. But I'm I'm backed into a corner. I have to give an answer. I think it's it's plausible. I'm going to go with no on this, just because it, that. I mean, that's that. That's a lot. That's a lot. Kyle. That'd be aggressive. That's an aggressive projection. It is. It is. All right, Cal, we'll give you your first one. This comes from JJ, and uh, he says, wide receivers will be overly drafted in the first and second rounds of this year's draft due to the talent of DK Metcalf and, and Keel Harry. People who cannot get either will reach for other larger-bodied receivers, Kyle. I'm not necessarily sure I'm sold on this because if you think about and look back to the last couple of years of, of wide receiver drafts, it's been one of the positions that typically you haven't seen teams be so willing to go up and overdraft. I think back to the Josh Doxson year, and and Doxson was the first to come off the board uh, in the 20s, and then the John Ross year. John Ross really came out because of the speed that he had, but I didn't feel like there was egregious reaches in the follow-through just because of the speed that he brought and losing that asset. So um, I can understand the thought process, but ultimately at the end of the day, I'm going to pass on accepting this to be a factful take. Just a, a quick follow-up thought there. There's other big receivers that are worthy, like high picks, like Calvin Harmon from NC State, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside from Stanford, maybe even Riley Ridley. He's probably going to be 6'2", over 200. I mean, so – Lodge is big. I mean, there's plenty of big receivers this year, Colin Johnson. So I, I don't know that anyone's backed in a corner and has to reach if they want an alpha guy. Right. So, Joe, your next tape comes from Equable Rogue on Twitter. Josh Allen will get drafted higher than Josh Allen. Hashtag just joshing. Hashtag takes on takes. Um, I'm going to say no on that. Uh, Josh Allen, Bills quarterback, was eighth overall pick, and I get nervous. I mean, Josh Allen, it's probably a, a, if you were going to set the over under on where Josh Allen gets drafted, I mean, that might be a good spot. I think that he probably gets pushed down a little bit in this class uh, based on uh, some of the other players at his position, some of the other players that are kind of blue chippers where he's kind of a fringe area, but at the same time, I mean, we've seen we've seen players like him get drafted high, so it's it's plausible, kind of like what I said with the last take. But uh, I'll take I'll take him getting drafted lower. Excuse me, yes, lower than number eight. All right, Kyle, let's get you that brand take here from Caleb Damon. He says Eddie Jackson. I'm not sure if you heard of this guy. He's Bears safety, Kyle, uh, playing really well, playing pretty good ball this year. Eddie Jackson will be an All Pro this season. Fact. Impact plays, plays on the back end. He's around the football a lot, which you know these stat scouts that typically have a lot of these votes, right? Mm-hmm. They see, all oh, this guy's around the ball. This guy scored three defensive touchdowns. Wow. All pro. <laughs> They're going to lock him in. 
So I think just based on the merits of the fact that he's making such explosive plays that he's showing up in the box score, I think that's going to be really difficult for people to ignore when it comes down to whether you're a PFF person. PFF has him as one of the top two safeties in the league. Whether you're a box score guy, you're going to see the guys making huge turnovers. I hope the voters are just because he does deserve it. But my point in why I'm saying this is fact is because the voters are going to see splash plays in the box score. Joe, I actually, if Eddie keeps this up, I might have to go out to Chicago and watch a game for the sake of the brand. And if I do, I got a little thing in my back pocket from our friends over at Action Heat that's going to help keep me warm. I am not one for the cold. You and I went out and we uh, we watched this football game on Friday, Morgantown and Oklahoma. And boy, was it cold. But Action Heat is our sponsor of today's episode of The Draft Dudes. Action Heat makes the world's best battery-heated clothing. Heat on demand at the touch of a button. You can control your environment even in the cold, frigid seats of Morgantown, West Virginia, or Chicago. Action Heat clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to a heated car seat. They can reach temperatures of up to 135 degrees and are powered by a rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion battery that lasts up to 12 hours on each charge. It's perfect for any friend or family member who's on your holiday gift list this year. It's great for anybody who loves the outdoors, uh, outdoor winter sports folks, anybody who loves the outdoors and hates being cold. Action Heat provides toasty warmth and comfort to your whole body, including jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and even undergarments like the heated base layer shirts and long johns. You can stay warm and cozy from head to toe with Action Heat. Action Heat is available in men's and women's and has great new styles and models just released for the winter season. So if you want to get on the action, here's what you need to do. You can save up to 20% on your entire order. Go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com slash locked on or use the promo code locked on to save 20% at checkout. We'll be right back after this brief message from our sponsors to get back into more takes on takes. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and it's only fitting that this important interruption is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Have you thought about what you're getting your loved one this year? Or maybe you want to give the gift of sweet-smelling grundle bliss to your partner. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Whether you're the only one who gets to see what's going on down there or you're one of many, do you, your partner, and everyone else a favor and introduce yourself to this revolutionary company. Manscaped just launched their brand new Perfect Package. Inside the Manscaped Perfect Package, you'll find their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which features skin-safe technology and will prevent you or your man from cutting his nuts. Speaking of smelling nice, let's be real. No one wants to carry around that locker room smell with them. That's why I am thankful for the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. These products keep your crotchal region from sweating, smelling, and sticking. The Perfect Package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep that junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to this new new. Give the gift that will make your Valentine's Day spicy. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code locked on to get 20% off and free shipping. Ladies, this is the perfect gift for you and your man and men. Your partner will thank you. Trust me, he will thank you. And guess who else will thank you? Your balls will thank you. 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code locked on at manscaped.com. 
All right, Joe, this one comes from Mike Spencer on Twitter. Uh, hashtag takes on takes the recent Herbert injury and increasing likelihood of him returning to Oregon will lead a team to trade a first rounder for Burt from Sesame Street. I mean, Joe Flacco. Wow, that would be something. Uh, team parting with a number one pick for Joe Flacco. Um, man, the Ravens would love that. I, I, I think they would. I mean, there would be no issues getting that fact sent in. They, they'd get that done. Um, no, I, I don't think that'll happen. I, I don't think Joe Flacco. Oh, man, Sam Bradford went for a one, right? Oh, that's Mike. You might have something here because teams are stupid. Joe Flacco's a, a quarterback that's had some level of success in the NFL. It's a weak quarterback class. There's Teddy Bridgewater in free agency, and that's about it. And so if a team wants to make a run and they feel like they're Joe Flacco away, would they give up their number one pick? That's crazy to me. I, Mike, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'll say no, but that would be something. You have any thoughts on this, Kyle? No, I'm not touching this. One. <laughs> That's why you gave it to me. All right. All right, here we go for Kyle here. A very specific take here from Ronan, Ronaya to Yasa Sopo. Tom Herman is the seventh best coach in the Big 12 behind Lincoln Riley, Matt Campbell, Gary Patterson, Mike Gundy, Dana Holgerson, and Bill Snyder in that order. Whoa, okay. Um, can you do me a favor? I want you to read them out to me one at a time, starting with the first one. Lincoln Riley. That's a fact. Lincoln Riley's a better coach than Tom Herman. Now, remember, he said in this order. So, Matt yes, Campbell. That's, that's fine. That's okay. fine. Then, Matt uh, Campbell. That's also fact. That's okay. also fact. All right. You have Lincoln Riley as a better coach than Matt Campbell. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Gary Patterson. Yes. And I'm fine with the order. I'll, Mike, I'll let you know if I have any exception with the order. Okay. Mike Gundy. Yeah. I'm still on board. Dana Holgerson. No, I don't think that's fact. Because you like that's, Dana. Probably, no. I think Tom's probably a better coach than Dana. Hmm. And he's definitely better coach than Bill Schneider. So he's fifth. So I would put him probably fifth. Okay. Would you agree with that entire take? Um. Yeah, I, I actually agree. No, I agree with what you just said. I'd probably slot him between Gundy and Holgerson. Okay. Yeah, that's. I really respect like sweet, Gary Patterson. Yeah. yeah. Do you think Gary's too low? No, no. I, I think the biggest debatable point here is whether or not number one should be Matt Campbell. And I, I could make that case strongly over Lincoln Riley. But Okay. Well, we won't do that. No, no. You'll have to sit on your you know, on your hands here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, take from Bo. Bengals should use this opportunity. They just put Andy Dalton on IR yesterday. Yep. To tear everything down, trade Dalton, fire Marvin, get a coach who would build the offense around Joe Mixon. Takes on takes. First of all, Kyle, thank you for letting me off the hook with the bet. That's in writing, so I uh, appreciate that. No, I was imitating mm. you. Mm. I was not saying and asking for the bet to be off. I was. I'm. All I missed was the, what's the two dots? Is it semicolon? Uh, I missed the semicolon between Joe Marino and the word the. Man, wow. Um, we'll see. 
Um, okay, so the Bengals should tear down every... It's so funny because I think this roster is really good. I maintain that it's a good roster. Obviously, injuries have, have been a problem with uh, Carl Lawson, A.J. Green. Preston Brown's been injured. Um, Dalton now injured. But, yeah, I, I mean, I think at, at some point you have to ask yourself, have you gone as far as you can with your coach and quarterback? And, and probably that's the case with the Bengals. Blow it up. I mean, think, do, do they care? Do the Bengals care? No, and and so you and I have some had some interesting conversations with people very much in the know this off season that pretty much indicated that they're happy with this, and there's certain things about Marvin that mesh really well with ownership, and because of those things, they're not eager to move on because he is literally that puppet that they need that that they want. So. The, the, the take here, though, is that they should, and, and I agree. I think this is a good chance for them to, and I don't think it's an, a complete overhaul. I think they need to improve the roster in some areas, upgrade a quarterback, and get, get new leadership and head coach. Who's the quarterback, right? I mean, like, that's the, that's the challenge is we don't necessarily have a clear course at quarterback that you can definitely upgrade. Can you get a quarterback that's better than Andy Dalton this offseason? I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if that's the year to do that. And changing leadership – yeah, I'm, I, I can get on board with that, but I'm not sure it's going to happen. <clears throat> I got I got a take for you right okay. now. Okay, all right. You can give the Dolphins Andy Dalton, and I'd be happy. So that you're pretty firm that they should continue to roll with Dalton, and I've maintained that he's super underrated, or well, he's yeah, he's far too critical. People are too critical. Well, of Andy he, he he's capped, and you know this was an interesting conversation that you had had on the road this year talking with somebody who works for a team talking about, you know, you want to watch player development, watch how they do with the divisional games. Right. Mm -hmm. And Andy Dalton specifically, uh, Joe Goodberry keeps track of this every year. He keeps track on the splits of Dalton in division and out of the division and in the division he's owned. Those other teams know him so well, they know his tendencies. He does not perform anywhere near nearly as well in the division as he does outside of the division. But if you're going to tell me I can get Andy Dalton for two or three years and I'm fed up with the quarterback that I've got, by the time everybody gets familiar with him, he's going to be at the end of his window. So that's my technicality there on how I can get around that. This is NFL Under Review, local experts on the biggest NFL stories. The NFL Honors Award Show was last week and one surprise when it came to Defensive Player of the Year. This is Bear Motter with your Los Angeles Rams update from Lockdown Rams. Aaron Donald would have been the first player in NFL history to win the award three straight years in a row, but it wasn't the case that the NFL Honors that award this year went to Stephon Gilmore. And don't get me wrong, Stephon Gilmore had a great season. Six interceptions, 18 pass deflected, two touchdowns. He had 53 total tackles. Stephon Gilmore won the award with 21 votes. Chandler Jones came in second with 14. TJ Watt with 10. Although Donald says this doesn't bother him, I see him putting this chip on his shoulder, working even harder, and coming back stronger in 2020, which is a scary thing for the rest of the NFL. For more NFL news, subscribe to the Locked On NFL Podcast only on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So it's a good point. He could be a viable plug, right? Bridge quarterback to your next guy, right. not necessarily. Yeah. Right. All right. That's interesting. Uh, man, we have four left, and I'm I'm not sure which one of these you definitely want. Um, 
You want this Tyree thing? Yeah, give it to Okay. Me. All right. Thomas Cavanaugh. Tyree Jackson is a better prospect than Josh Allen. Takes on takes. Hashtag. They've got some similar strengths and weaknesses. I would say Tyree's more raw than Josh was. I think Josh comes out of an offensive system that probably prepped him a little bit better for the NFL. So I, I'm going to say this is fiction, but I really like Tyree Jackson and Josh Allen had likable traits, but I think those traits are what sets him apart when you add in the fact that he had experience with the offense that he did. And, and I think Tyree's a little bit more raw actually throwing the football. Are you surprised at how Josh Allen's played so far this year? Or do you think he's been as expected? I think he's been as expected. He He's nowhere near where he needs to be as a forward passer. I've been surprised how well his mobility mm-hmm. has translated, and he's killed teams with his legs. Yeah. But he's essentially Blake Bortles right now. Ooh. But he doesn't get the garbage time points. That's interesting. Did you watch Blake Bortles run around against the Bills? I know you did. I did in the playoff game that he didn't necessarily wasn't a factor running against them on Sunday. No, 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 no. I mean, he had the one scramble down there when they scored the garbage time time touchdown yes. before the next. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. If they didn't have that drive, good lord, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it Blake's already been I, benched because of that game, but uh, well, I mean, I, I think that rendition of Bortles is what you have right now in Josh Allen. Oh, really? I thought Josh Allen was monumentally better than Blake Bortles on Sunday. No, on Sunday, yes, but I mean like the playoff Blake Bortles is what I'm talking about. With better downfield passing. We can spend a lot of time on that. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's right about where I would expect him to be. Okay. Because he, he really struggles with processing live game action. Yeah, but to Brian Dayball's credit, I feel like he's he's understood that and his his game his game plan on Sunday was a lot of play action, a lot of two-man stuff, uh using his legs and and taking the processing out of it because right now he's not going to be a guy that's going to re- read and rip it. Not yet, but right. but it, right. he, the vertical passing game and the legs that those are working out for him well. Okay. Take from Kyle Taylor. Yep. If the Alabama Crimson Tide had NFL coaching, the Buffalo Bills would have a close game against them. No. I gave this one to you because it's added just to you. I'm not included, so I figured this wasn't directed to me. Yeah, I I think, to me, it's not a coaching thing when we get into this discussion about Alabama playing against any NFL team. It comes down to the – we have teenagers against grown men who are advanced, polished, technically refined – Playing mental process, all this stuff is just at a, at such an, such an accelerated pace that I just don't think any NFL team would even be competitive with Alabama in terms of Alabama being able to hang with them. I think it would be a total bloodbath. And uh, um, I mean, just Alabama's a wonderfully talented team, and they have really special talent, but they're not NFL players yet. And there's there's a there's an acclimation for every player, even the blue chip, the highest blue chip rated prospects. So I just I just don't think. That would be um, competitive at all. All right, Kyle. Um, two left here. I'll give you eh, – okay, this one's from Ryan Norwood. Uh, Haskins, Dwayne Haskins looked great on Saturday, but only one quarterback, Justin Herbert, goes in the first round this year. Do we know if Herbert's coming out? Um, mm. 
Well, listen, I think her. I think Herbert goes round one anyway. Okay. I think he's got round one traits. I think he's got enough. We talked about this yesterday on the show, right? Yep. A little bit yep. when we talked about the Ohio State game. So uh, just to keep it brief, I think Haskins does enough to check, check boxes to warrant consideration as a first round quarterback prospect. I do not, however, think he's going to be a player that gets consideration very early on in the first round of next year's NFL draft. Last take from Kyle Taylor. The single season touchdown passes record will be broken within the next two years with this sudden explosion of offense. 55. Takes on takes. Yeah, 55 from Peyton Manning's a record, 2013. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly see that happening. I mean, it could be Drew Brees, who's you know nearing the end of his career, but Patrick Mahomes, Jared Goff, uh, both of those guys, Deshaun Watson. There's a lot of exciting young passers in the NFL and the way that the rules are evolving to to really make it pretty damn easy to throw touchdown passes, I, I do. I would believe I support that idea that uh, you know we could we could see that broken a couple times and start challenging for sixty touchdown passes in a year, which is just crazy. But it's coming. It's gonna get weird. Yep. Can't wait. You know what else is gonna get weird? Yeah. Second ha- the second half of this week's shows of the podcast. So everybody's got to make sure that they uh, plug in, tune in, hit that subscribe button and check back with us. Joe, can you remind everyone what we're doing tomorrow? Yes, tomorrow we are going to examine the draft order. It's going to be updated here with uh, the current results after the Monday night game, which we're recording this on Monday night. And we're going to talk about this draft order and how the early storylines are going to shape up as we see how this is coming together and and also how much variation can happen by so many subtle things. So getting into that tomorrow. It's very closely stacked. So there's a lot at stake over the last five weeks or so of the NFL season. So we're going to lay all that on the table for you guys. Make sure you come back, check it out. If your take was missed, we probably missed you. Uh, We do record in the afternoon. So make sure you get those takes in throughout the course of the week. You can reach us. Joe is at the Joe Marino. I am at grinding the tape on Twitter with the hashtag takes on takes. This is Kyle Krabs with Joe Marino. Thanks as always for listening. We'll talk with you guys tomorrow. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.